0: I'm Jack Simlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Strip-Till Farmer podcast series. Today's program, An Analytical Approach to Strip-Till Success, is being brought to you by Totally Tubular Manufacturing. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. If there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know, we'll make every effort to get it added. And by subscribing, that will allow you to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released and the opportunity to go back and review episodes from our 2016 series. Thanks again to Totally Tubular Manufacturing for their support of today's program. Totally Tubular Planner application products provide precise placement of starter fertilizer below the seedbed to optimize nutrient uptake and effectiveness. Awarded no-till farmers fertilizer application product of the year, four years straight, Totally Tubular systems are durable, dependable, and deliver accurate placement of starter fertilizer to complement your fertilizer management strategies. Visit them at totally-tubular.net for more information or call them today at 888 888- And for a limited time, you can receive a 15% discount on full registration to attend the 2017 National Strip Tillage Conference, courtesy of Totally Tubular. Visit striptillfarmer.com slash tubular to take advantage of this special offer available to listeners until June 30th. When asking strip-tillers about why they transitioned into the practice, they cite a variety of reasons, including soil health improvement, yield consistency, and input conservation. These goals are often attainable, but rarely will a farmer solely credit strip-till for their success. They are quick to note that strip-till requires a systematic approach, complete with an analytical eye for seed selection, nutrient management practices, and annual yield analysis. This comprehensive approach and attention to detail has helped the forest, Wisconsin farmer, Mark Schrader, refine and improve his strip-till operation since first adopting the practice in 1993. Cycling through a variety of strip-till equipment, setups, and establishing a practical crop rotation that includes continuous corn acres, Mark willingly admits he's still learning, even after more than 20 years of strip-till. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, we share excerpts from my conversation with Mark during our visit to his 2,200-acre operation to learn about his expectations, accomplishments, and outlook for strip-till. In
1: 1993, I was pretty young. um, It was a wet year. It was like this year it was shaping up like this year if I remember right um really I get you got my dad was the one that really kind of just he my dad was always a uh, um had always been a uh, a progressive thinker he never was one to we, we were farming a lot of acres at the time we were farming with some other family um you know we were farming 6,000 acres at the time and and um um and we you know we were conventional tillage or whatever just like a lot of people were in the those days and and uh but we had a wet spring and we're coming off a a, a wet cool 90 i think i remember right 92 was wet and cool and so it was we harvested i think a lot of corn late like we harvested some corn in the winter time that year Hmm. and it was the last few years we've ever i can remember doing that but we did that if i remember right and uh, so we didn't have a lot of tillage done okay so there wasn't a lot of fall tillage done and and uh, somehow he got ray rawson which i'm sure if you're stripped to a world everybody's heard of ray rawson right and Ray Rawson was speaking in this general area at a, at a uh, sometime fairly late in you know March time frame if i remember right and um um and he my dad i didn't even go i mean i was 21 years old or something he he went and listened to him and came back and had the foresight to think to say hey i think this some we we should think about and um he uh and so we ended up buying a, a, a zone till cart, or mm-hmm. getting our hands on an eight. We were like, we were planting with sixteen row planters, and an eight row planter. So I think we, uh, I know, yeah, we did. We got a you got a uh, eight row zone till cart with a mounted planter. No, we pulled our planter behind it with chains. We chain we, the draft was on chains, and sure. and, um, and so we planted that spring some acres with that. I planted with it. And then they planted with the conventional till, whatever we had to do with the other planter, and, mm-hmm. and um, it, we liked what we saw, mm-hmm. you know. And and then as we got into it that first year, we started learning about the you know all the effects of lack of tillage, and mm-hmm. it was kind of the Ray Rawson thing and what he was preaching at the time. And so a lot of the old strip tillers and no tillers kind of know that message and of just lack of tillage and earthworms and mm-hmm. you know i mean those just you know soil structure really mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um you know and so i don't know be honest with you we had we had very good luck with it and um 94 we switched our whole operation over to to that style we bought we had three zone till carts that we were going to play we planted with the 94 we sold the 16 row planter and and uh, kind of made a bold bold change in our you know, a lot of, you know, for this area was, you know, as you can well imagine, if you know much about farming, it's when farmers make a bull trend like that, it's, it's big news, you know, right. especially a bigger, larger farmer, sure. you know, and so that was, you know, firstly for that time of that era, you know, no-till, or I mean, people were no-tilling some soybeans at that time, of course, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were starting to, not just starting to really at that point, if I remember right, but that was huge, you know, people were looking at us like we had, you know, we're out in left field and just totally off, flew off the handle and, and to be honest with you, we just, it just kind of evolved from there. I mean, we just kept, we liked, you know, we did it because we started learning rapidly. We started learning about lack of tillage and promoting soil structure. We didn't have any livestock. So we didn't have any manure to deal with. Uh, so we didn't have that aspect of things, you know, to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so that certainly, you know, contributed to the accelerated growth of what we are trying to do, I believe. And we just, we liked the, um, we, we liked the yields we liked the system we liked where it was going the negative was three eight row planters instead of a 16 and an eight row or you know those were day long days long before you saw a 24-row planter around this mm-hmm. area you know and and um you know that was the biggest negative certainly sure you know? um so and from the that we just kept you know every year and still to this day certainly you're still learning more and more and then we stopped kind of over the years we stopped doing um so we started strip tilling our corn and we were no tilling our soybeans mm-hmm. you know with a no till drill and strip tilling our corn in this you know and then we started you know trying to do some fall some fall zones with any type of equipment we can make and and uh, or, or figure out and and um you know we just like the the results of it to be honest with you mm-hmm. you know but um the one thing we we saw we found the very first year in 2000, or 2000, 1993 or 1994 for sure. It was wet and we, you know, challenges would be the ground staying wet to plant into. So mm-hmm. what we did is we uh, uh, we took that cart that we had and then we took a, just a, had somebody make a 20 foot bar for us or we made, I don't know who made it. And we put the colders, the three colder system on that bar and we went out and prepped the ground ahead of time, just no different than, a, you know, field cultivator, soil finisher, whatever guys and we, you know, we prepped it, whether it was a day or six hours or mm-hmm. three days ahead. And that's something that we still do religiously to this day. That's something that, um, um, yeah, we, we call it pre-zone. That's what we call it. Sure. Uh, we always have here. And, um, but we'll, we'll prep all of our, now we'll prep every acre we have, no matter what it was. Um, back in those days, we just prepped our corn on corn, because mm-hmm. we do a lot of corn on corn. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, regardless of whether we had a, a tillage pass down in the fall to it or not uh, we'll uh we prezone it or prep it each spring hmm. and with, we're not putting any fertilizer on in the spring with that with that pre-zone pass okay uh we're putting nutrients on with the planter you know of course um but um we're not um and that's something that in my travels and my strip tiller no-till or, no till or technology travels across you know whatever the midwest through all the years you get south of here, and people think we're crazy. People think, what the heck are you doing that for? You know, you don't need to do that. And, and um, you know, my response is, I don't think you understand Madison, Wisconsin's climate. Number mm-hmm. one, you know, we're not, you know, south. We're not south of Rockford. Right. Even Janesville is a little different than we are here. And um, you know, we're doing a lot of corn on corn, and um, we it just we like the insurance. It's really worked well for us. Is it sometimes overkill? Yeah, it might be. But, um, you know it's no different than the guy running a field cultivator or soil finisher or what have you getting his ground ready. We just we prefer to prepare that seedbed properly, mm-hmm. and um we're willing to take that ex make an extra pass and take that time to to try to do it the right way mm-hmm. um and so I mean, it's something that do has stuck with us all these years of doing this. I mean, so we've been strip tilling spring you know however you want it, whatever you want to call it um you know, since 93 or four. So, um... Terry, you guys, have you guys always been spring? Uh, well, we will do fall as well. Okay, so, this so spring is
0: kind of the, like you said, the the pre...
1: Yeah, spring is, all. I mean, we've always stuck to a, to a spring, especially in our corn on corn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we will try to do something in the fall, if and when we can, and we still, to this day, I, I own a Krause Gladiator. Yeah. So we'll put um, dry P&K down, um, with a, with a gladiator we've had red ball units, you know, we used to have a land all Shank units that we tried making, you know, we, we took a rawson cart in blue fertilizer Pulled an air cart behind it and blue fertilizer in front of the, of the colders and, and tried to you know We have done a lot of different things uh, DMI units we've tried um, You know, we have a lot of clay Ground here. That's heavily tiled um, That you know, that'll stay wet and damp. So um, If we can get a zone especially in our corn on corn ground if we can get a zone made in the fall that's a positive mm-hmm. you know for us um but we will always um, well now we will certainly but through the years we generally a high percentage of times have always come back with a spring pre-zone pass mm-hmm. and um it's just something that we've just um not a lot of guys have you know to, to this day i got guys in the north of me oshkosh uh, appleton that i kind of do some some, we kind of run in the same circles of some um, company that, that we all work with. And those guys still look at me like they don't want to, like they can't believe we do that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, it's, it's, um, um, it's something that we swear by. It's just something that we feel is, is the right way to do it, you know. I mean, we just, we prepare our seabed properly. We'll let it get, we try to do things right. We're not, you know, you're not, you know, we've made mistakes like everybody else, certainly. But it's just something that we believe in and sure. that's what when we've invested the money and the manpower to go buy the equipment to do it now it's mm-hmm. just what we've decided that we would continue to do and i do understand that most guys aren't willing to make that commitment you know and, and i think they think cuz most people think strip till is a is a you know i read on the internet i read all over everybody thinks strip till is a time saving mm. Uh, method sure and I, I guess for us. I don't know if it's really not saving more management. It's intense. management right. intense. Yeah. It's huge management intense. you know, I mean yeah, we don't have the I don't own an articulate tractor I don't own a you know 450 horse tractor. I have no desire to own an articulate tractor um, You know, I don't I, I guess we do own a small we did buy a small chisel plow disc ripper an old one mm-hmm. uh, we just have some we have two, 300 acres of some wet ground mm-hmm. that we do try to um, do a little bit if we have to but um but we just, you know, obviously our equipment lineup has changed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and but we may not save. We're making a trip in the fall, you know, and we'll make a trip in the spring, a pass in the spring, and if we got to do it again, we'll do it again. If mm-hmm. we got to do it three times, we'll do it three times. Sure. I mean, I my guys will laugh at me, you know, I'm like, that ain't good enough. It's got to get done again, and, yeah. and they'll go, I'll make them go do it again ahead of my planner, because I just, it's just got to get done right, and... um you know so it's it's kind of so we're not you know we're not probably saving all these passes you know we own a 60-foot bar bar with a dawn units on it for bus unit so so there's our 60-foot field cultivator <laughs> you know i mean it's not sure. like we've saved it's not like we've you know it's not like we don't have the we have the we've invested in equipment so um um so you know where we haven't saved but we don't have we don't have to have two or three field cultivators like some guys do right, right to work in front of a 24 row planner or, or or what have you. Um, you know, we still get by with less labor. Uh, we don't have to deal with as many stones because mm-hmm. we're not running, you know, even though the Krauss unit, the Gladiator, will find stones, um, you know, we don't have as many stones as we would if you had a, maybe, conventional till all your acres right. or, or what have you. So there's, you know, but I, you know, the biggest advantage for us is soil structure, mm-hmm. is just, is the lack of tillage and soil structure. And, and I'm, you know, we're, we've kind of bought into the high, cal- to the calcium-magnesium ratio um, you know, trying to, I haven't applied local dolomitic lime here in over 10 years. Mm. I've, I've bought, I try to buy all high calcium lime or, or gypsum. I mean, obviously lime is lime agent gypsum is more for the calcium, um, you know, lowering magnesium ratios and trying mm. the infiltration. So we've, we've done the, cal, we've done the gypsum thing to some level. It's, it's hard to swallow. It's hard to embrace the sure. whole thing Certainly sure. in this area, sure. you, gotta, you gotta get it shipped here. Um, but yeah so we you know we really try to be honest with you to on you know a high percentage of our acres to stick to the to the to the strip till theory the no till theory of lack of lack of tillage helps promote soil structure and I really believe we're getting there we're not nowhere near where we want to be sure sure. but in fall like last year where we had you know late October there we had three four inches of rain in a three-day period and you know um, you know we run Tracks on our, we run tracks on our grain carts. Um, I run logger tires on my combine, so I run 60 inch, mm-hmm. 50 inch logger tires on my combine. So we've done that for 20 years now, mm-hmm. instead of tracks. Now, tracks will be the next thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I just put tracks in my planter um, this year. Um, but uh, that's more for pinch theory, just trying to mm-hmm. improve things going forward. We really try to, I mean, we, we, we quit growing canning crops, to be honest with you, I mean, we used to, 20 years ago yeah a little more than that now um before we started strip till we, we even we you know we were growing lots of acres of peas and mm. some sweet corn and and um we did for a few years there but then we went away from that just because of the what they do what they can do to your ground if they harvest and the candy factories come in and, and harvest in mm-hmm. poor conditions and and peas takes tillage to get the ground prep properly and, sure um so all those things we've gone away from and and um try to help promote you know soil structure and and and, and to be honest with you, we see it. we our ground I mean I've had people tell me that there's no way I can pull my 24-row planter with uh you know with the tractors that I do and I pull a, a, an all-steer cart behind it for my nitrogen and you know I can you know I can pull it fine mm-hmm. I mean um so our our ground is 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 slowly getting there it's not really want <laughs> to be but it's you know we're changing it slowly over time and
0: have you guys been able to to kind of quantify that? You know, with uh, either organic matter or have you guys kind of tracked any of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can go look at my my organic matters. Really, I, we got a wide range of organic matter. Sure. I mean, we're anywhere from you know high ones to some fours, and and um, I maybe mean, that's not a wide range, but it's it's wide enough for us. But mm-hmm. um, we've slowly crept them up, but not. I wouldn't say probably the rate that I would have maybe hoped a long time ago. Um, I think that's a hard, you know, and plus we are just still doing some strip tilling. You know, we're still doing some tillage. We're doing some vertical tilling here or there. Um, So, you know, we're not pure no-till. You know, I just, we just have, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not even no-tilling our soybeans much anymore. We're vertical tilling Mm -hmm. um, our soybeans just because of, we've cut our seeding rates. We want that better seed to soil contact and, and, um, you know, deal with residue. Um, high corn yields and mm-hmm. you know um, so yeah we've probably eased away a little bit from that you know um, up until about three years ago we were trying to no-till mm. all of our beans yet um, so but yeah I mean I guess to quantify that we have seen our, our so our organic matters creep up a little bit but not sure not substantial not that I'm sure. gonna sit there and, and claim that we've made huge you know right. huge inroads so, so um, we just see it more in, in our opinion, we see it more in soil health, soil structure being able to hold, um, take water and in, infiltration rates, and yeah. uh, being able to hold, you know, our equipment, you know, in conditions and, and how our equipment handles and, and our overall soil. Uh, I mean, we've seen it from day one back in 1993 or four, where if we'll work a headland in the fall, and we won't work another area out in the field and in the next fall, if we have to park a truck, you know, like, like you do certainly on those. Sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it, it's night and day difference of what's, what's wet and what isn't, mm. you know, just based on sheer tillage. If you, if you haven't performed any tillage there, the ground seems to hold, seems to just the water seems to, it just seems mm-hmm. to hold better. You know I mean? Uh, we have less running issues and less, it just seems, it's certainly different. We've seen that all along. Um, you know, so th- those are some of the things that we just really, and we've just, you know we haven't bit the full no-till i guess we just we're not willing to go that route sure um, um but um you know we just really have tried to embrace and try to keep uh, execute that yeah. you know that strip till type of theory i guess so
0: so what are what are i guess maybe some of the the measurable you know benefits that you guys have been able to track you know is it is it with you know is it on the yield side is it on the emergent side
1: or is it on the well i think you know, I, I just think, um, you know, I guess for somebody that, for an operation that, that tries to gloat that we track everything, um, I, I guess I'd have to say, I don't know, it's, it's a hard. I mean, yield, yes, I mean, everybody's yield over the last, I mean, our, our yields, I mean, are, you know, we're very satisfied with our yields, but we certainly want them to keep improving, mm-hmm. um, but I think, you know, we think our yields are... Improved dramatically, not only because of strip till, but because of our management practices sure, and how sure. we're managing our everything, everything that goes around and into that. And so, I don't know if that's. You know, we we think part of that's a strip till. To quantify it, I don't know if I I can't honestly tell yeah. you. Sit there and say there's a, A B C D reason.
0: We'll get back to the discussion shortly but i wanted to again recognize and thank totally tubular manufacturing for supporting this podcast totally tubular planter application products provide precise placement of starter fertilizer below the seedbed to optimize nutrient uptake and effectiveness awarded no-till farmers fertilizer application product of the year four years straight totally tubular systems are durable, dependable, and deliver accurate placement of starter fertilizer to complement your fertilizer management strategies. Visit them at totally-tubular.net for more information or call them today at 888-200-3012. And for a limited time, you can receive a 15% discount on full registration to attend the 2017 National Strip Tillage Conference Courtesy of Totally Tubular. Visit striptillfarmer.com/tubular to take advantage of this special offer, available to listeners until June 30th. While reflecting on Mark's comments so far, he talked about the value of a pre-zoned strip-till pass in spring for proper seedbed preparation. With experience as both a fall and spring strip tiller, he noted the significance of clearing a path ahead of the planter especially on his 1,200 acres of corn on corn. While he still fall applies fertilizer with a strip-till pass when possible, Mark is an advocate for creating the best growing environment possible, and taking the time in spring for an occasional secondary pass has paid off with increasing yields. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Mark Schrader on the cumulative contributions strip-till has made to the efficiency of his farm operation. at where, you know, say your corn yields were, you know, with that conventional tillage, I mean, 20 years ago. And, and, and Well,
1: I can, yeah, I can show you, I can, you know, I don't, the problem is I can show you, uh, I can show you real quick, um, but I, you know, I wouldn't say it's, because a strip, I would say strip-till certainly is a reason right. for it. And I understand um, it's probably a contributing factor. It's not the complete, you know, um, but just trying to. I would tell you this, those are yields since 2000. I could go back to, those are our average corn mm-hmm. yields. And those are scale, we have, a, we have a grain facility with a scale. So that's scaled yields, uh, shrunk. Those are legitimate actual yields um, across anywhere from 2000 to 2600 acres of corn per year. year um so yeah if you go back to but some of this really i don't know if i go back to our system helps this yeah but i don't know you go back to you know you look at where we were trudging along here and this is probably the adoption of more traded corn Mm-hmm. be honest with you now still have to have good hybrids um but i i really we've talked about this graph a ton over the last couple of years since I've been providing it for my suppliers and we look at this in December and throughout the winter lots with people. And very little, to be honest with you, do we, do we credit the strip-till? Sure. sure. I mean, um, do I like to think that we're that these yields are better than my neighbors? Well, I, I know they are for the most part, not mm-hmm. every field. Overall, we're better. Now, strip-till is part of that. I think our, our, our soil health and things we're doing um but you know, yeah, yeah i mean i know guys that are conventional tillage are getting potentially sure. getting real good yields too sure. so but i contribute yeah. this to yeah I, mean, I, I contribute certainly since 2013 you know, if you look at this uh we've had our three highest corn yields and this 14 would have been right up in here as well but we were a little too cool we were a little light on test weight so you know we would have been our four our, our last four years would have been our highest four corn yields ever um, they weren't, but 2014, my guys said to me, well, we got more corn than we did in 2013 in the bins. I said, we do. We have more volume, but we don't have more weight. The guys, I said, it's 53-pound test weight because we were a little cool that year. Mm-hmm. So I know for a fact, I mean, I'm, if we would have been 55, 56-pound test weight, we'd have been 205, 206 here. Mm-hmm. So I contribute this, to be honest with you, to our management, to our ability to— to analyze yields, mm-hmm. to pick better hybrids. Sure. Uh, corn on corn is huge. I've been very critical and very uh, accountable to my seed people to um, ha- to to help to be accountable to help help us pick better hybrids. Corn on corn because that's huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior 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 to this, I probably didn't hold these guys accountable as much, and I probably wasn't as vocal. And I, you know, of course, you know, 2012 was dry, mm-hmm. but it was mm-hmm. still a good yield. In mm-hmm. all honesty. Fair. Um. But if you look at this, 05 was a good year. The one thing I, I look at, I mean, the strip doesn't come into play here as much, but I look at the years that we are below trend line. Now, this was below trend line, but I say, too wet, too cool. I don't remember, 2011 was a decent year, but now with the rapid things. I look sure. at this and I say, you know, still, I look at this, too wet, too cool. Mm-hmm. So you can, the neat thing about this graph once again doesn't relate is I can pick out the years below trend line basically I can tell you why we were below trend line. Yeah. You know, which is kinda neat. And
0: right. this was
1: after the fact, you know what I mean? Now that now looking back at it, you know, obviously two years ago in ninety this number was, wasn't below a trend yield, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But now with two big yields going where we have, yeah, uh, they're below trend trend line. But it just, you know, but I honestly I can't tell you that right i guess it's get till. A, a
0: cumulative you a, know combination yeah. of all the different
1: things that go into i have no proof do i think we'd be here without the strip till no i don't think mm. i don't think these yields would have been sure at these levels without our strip till yeah and why you somebody's asking why I, I just think our soil health is better right i think we retain the moisture when we need it i think we're, we're we place nutrients better you know i think with with the systems systems that we're using um that's what i think i mean i you know, I mean, our, our yields are proof. These are right. legitimate actual yields, but I certainly can't uh, quantify that with, you know.
0: Um, right, and it's not often that I'll, you know, meet with somebody either where they can definitively say, well, yeah, strip-till alone added 30 right. bushels, you right. know, and they can say, well, it's the system that I developed with strip-till that has kind of helped. Right, that's what we know, say. You know, contribute and, and you're, you're right, I mean, seed selection and, and you know, farm management. And obviously, you know the the tracking element here, of being able to say, okay, well, you know, if we're not actually drilling down to get these comparative numbers and and you know take a hard look at each year, um, you know, how do we ever really right. improve? So I think you're right from a management standpoint. Strip till really does force you to kind of drill down to some of that you right. know, because you're, you know, being
1: smart. well. And it's in it, I don't know strip till, you know, makes us we're kind of by nature we're just kind of numbers people here I, I i like to drill down and um really hold look at these numbers i i enjoy i enjoy the late november december time frames of going through all this sharing sure. this with information i've had sure. many suppliers say well i'm surprised you shared this with us so i i'm not if this number if these two numbers were 186 you'd see the same darn thing i don't mm-hmm. you know i'm not hiding anything i mean um you know we're just trying to we're just trying to do better here. Um, you know, we're just trying to learn and develop better tools so we can learn. And obviously one thing I do have to throw in since 2013 is there's more irrigation here as well. Right. <laughs> so we've added, we've added, uh, you know, we were, only, we we're only about 600 acres of irrigation, but uh, we've added some irrigation systems since 2013, um, which.
0: That's kind of in this area.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, without irrigation, we probably couldn't. Could, we wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, on the flip side of that, our irrigation has been a source of a bit of frustration because we're not. Even though our yields are good, um, we're not maximizing our, our, our irrigation um, yields. Uh, yields are good, you know, because we go. To be honest with you, we do this as well. Um, you know, I can show you irrigated yields. These are our irrigated yields over the last since we put them in. So thirteen to fourteen. This was basically this is a this is a a, uh, a comparison of our irrigated yields on our irrigated fields. Okay. Compared to our non-irrigated corn. Now, the problem is we may have a two hundred and we may, we have a three hundred and fifty acre field that one hundred and seventy of it's irrigated. Sure. So we're taking that whole three hundred and fifty bushel average for uh, three hundred and fifty acres average of that of that so it's that whole field isn't irrigated right you know so but this is a but it's a, but it's a apples to apples comparison gotcha. so in 13 to 14 we had 20 bushel the last 15 16 we've had bigger yields mm-hmm. you know you can see the numbers have gone down which is which is is certainly i've tried to really um reach out and try to i mean we have good soils we don't have any sand mm-hmm. i'm not doing any mm-hmm. sand but we're not. Uh, my goal would be to say, "Hey, I want 250 to 270 bushel under that pivot at every inch of every acre," and we're not getting that. And um, you know, so we're trying to we're trying to uh, reach out and trying to learn and and um, trying to figure this out. And but this is some data that we've collected. I mean, this is legitimate data. This is right off of this kind of stuff. Every you know, I can go down to every field, and we have every field for all the years of because um, we have a software program that. You know, once we scale it in, so we know exactly. We've done that forever. I mean, right. a right. kid. So, so we have all this data, um, but you know, I mean, that's a that. I mean, this is great, and we're gonna go back to a, you know, uh, we're gonna go back to a twenty bushel difference again. My equipment dealer says to me, "Well, then the irrigation is not a good investment." I'm like, "No, that's not correct." You know, I mean, <laughs> it's right. it's uh, you know, I mean, these yield. I mean, we saw what you know these yields are here, but yeah, but I I I. I but our, you know, with, I guess, I mean, I guess what I'm just saying is, I can point to 13 and say our irrigation has helped us dramatically. But when I look at these, you know, 100%. then you say, okay, we still got a long ways to go. Right, right. And but we don't have any sand, and um, so the guys with the sand are, mm-hmm. you know, potentially better, or what, or what have you. But we, there's a skill to this, mm-hmm. and um, um, and then we're trying to figure that out. we we've tried to reach out, like, of course, a company like Pioneer. Our local Pioneer um, company has really been pretty darn good about mm-hmm. their their hosting. We had a meeting last winter. We're hosting a meeting here this summer. Um, they're bringing some guy in that travels the world, evidently, from through Pioneer to talk about irrigation. Mm-hmm. With about I've challenged them and asked them. Um, I challenged my Pioneer people last fall or last early late last fall. I said, you know, if you want to have, if you want to make us learn, let's let's instead of having a meeting at the Dells with seventy five people. Yeah, right. Let's get. A meeting with 20 people and you know, and and of this area and see if we can learn. And they did that, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was productive, and they're gonna do something again this summer and and uh try to bring in more people to so we can all learn, you sure. Know? But whatever, I mean, I guess I just I show you that because I it's, right, even right. though I say you're there's just strip till, I know it's all about strip till this this message, but but it's really this, I don't equate. I Quite this whole game to strip till, but not but within reason. I don't think we'd be here without strip till, but yet I don't think we'd be here without the irrigation and we right. wouldn't be here without the management. We wouldn't be, you know, since about here, we've gone to you know, go back to here, we were growing 105 day corn at the very most, mm-hmm. probably 99 97 to 104 day corn. Now we're growing. 103 to 108 day corn. Mm-hmm. This year maybe not anymore. Sure. But sure. you know what I mean? So there's just all sorts of things that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, I mean, there's things, you know, I mean, this this chart probably is not whatever. I'll just show you this because it ties to this. This is a difference of our acres for since 2003. This is the difference between our corn on corn yields and our first year corn yields. So we have wheat and we have soybeans. We don't have a lot of wheat. But as you could see, the last 16, you know, the last four years, our corn-on-corn corn yields have really closed the gap. Mm-hmm. And and um, you know, I once again, that's management. That's that's our strip-till system. That's better hybrids. That's better nutrient placement. That's just being picky with what we're doing. Is you know, sure. I mean, this number is kind of. This is probably one of the things that we're proud about. Now, does this mean that we don't have fields that are 17 bushel better first-year corn no because we still did mm-hmm. But our irrigation is helping here, but I mean this is a pretty in the industry when you if you hear about it You you know, you hear about the big gap right between corn on corn and first-year corn yields and You know our data and our operation shows that we're really narrowing that gap mm-hmm. big time. sure and um, so. so this this would be uh, you know like uh, it's kind of hard. To, I know it's kind of hard to wrap your arms around it. No, so, no, no.
0: So, so this would be something like going to corn versus compared this would to corn on corn. This would be
1: all of our fields that were. The, the, this this number here reflects if we have twenty two hundred acres of corn, and this number reflects the acres that were the, the yield for the acres that were corn on corn, versus the acres. The yield for the acres that were first-year corn, either so corn, fallow, soybeans, or wheat. Okay. So this is the this is the advantage for first-year corn over a corn-on-corn. Corn. Okay. Does that make sense? Right. So it's so you like to see that gap. Narrowing. Yeah. That's so, gap yeah, we that's want to see narrowing, yep. one, Yes. Okay. okay. And you know when the industry standard probably when you pick up a farm magazine or an article on the internet it's probably what. Ten to twenty bushel, if not thirty bushel, for some sure, areas, depends on where sure. you're at. Yeah, you know, not that say we don't have a field that that's twenty bushel better on mm-hmm. first year corn, um, but our overall average is really narrowed down, and and we're documenting. I'll keep documenting this as we go forward, and I can do that now since I haven't, you know, and I don't, I can't explain this, and I this would be more replica of what we used to think, yeah, 2008 or yeah. nine, but these were these were years that were. You know, wet, tough years, so I like suppose we didn't have a big advantage for our system right, either. Right. You know, I mean, years like 2012, what was still wasn't, it was 12 bushel, but you would think years with our system where we can preserve moisture and versus maybe a conventional system yeah, or what have yeah. you. So this would probably make sense because we weren't, you know, we had all sorts of moisture here that right. moisture was a big time problem for everybody and easier. So yeah, a lot of stress, a lot of disease issues. So you mm-hmm. would assume that these probably, I can't, you know, as you guys probably well know with things like this, there's always some numbers you have a hard time really right. quantifying. And there's some, yeah. But you, I guess the general trend is as you look at the trend and the trend is. Sure. And either way, they should be stripped to Lakers. Yep. Those are stripped to Lakers. So l- how, much, how corn. much corn on corn do you guys typically do? Uh, we're about 1,200 acres. We're, you know, 1,300 acres of our 2,200 acres of corn. Gotcha. Okay. Because then we'll be, you know, after that we'll be more of you know nine to nine hundred to a thousand acres of soybeans mm-hmm. and and then whatever wheat ground that we may have had sure know, so sure. okay the only thing I would want to stress and I stressed several things but um, you know when I you know as I read your publication or other publications about mm-hmm. strip till everybody thinks I, I get the general sense everybody thinks strip till is more of a the general perception of strip till in the agriculture industry is tell me if i'm wrong is more of a fall application of p and k and plant in the spring is that is that fair to say there's a fair number of guys you know that that
0: is you know big motivation of why they went to strip till and that's that's
1: kind of what kind of what people that maybe aren't familiar with it or maybe maybe people that you know when they hear strip till they think oh sure that's strip till where you're stripping you're making a strip in the fall putting some P and K down, building a berm, right, and then coming back and then with a with a planter and, and planting the spring. But that's it, probably,
0: you know, maybe a general. Yeah, it's a general. If you
1: say strip till, I can see where that yeah. might be the first. And so that is so far different from what we're trying to do here. Right. You know, we're trying to, you know, I mean, we're, you know, we're trying to do a strip in the fall on, we'll, we'll target all of our corn on corn acres um, if we can, but, um, You know our our you know and we're trying to apply some P and K and try to be Mm -hmm. efficient. We're not applying a lot of a lot of dry product, Um, but we're also then really focusing in the spring and trying to create that proper seed bed. Right. Put nutrients down. You know we'll spread ammonium sulfate bulk spread it ahead, Mm -hmm. um, like forty units. You know two hundred pounds or forty units or roughly thereabouts, Um, and then we'll apply forty five units of N with a planter. You know and um, we'll you know we're we're mixing. Like thiosol and liquid and potash with our nitrogen. Mm. You know, it's like a four. We're, we're like, you guys would call it two by two. We're, we're about three to four inches off the roll. Mm. Okay. You know, um, and then we're putting an inferior product, um, an 819-3 uh, product called Clean Start from Ag Spectrum, whatever. That's our inferior product.
0: How much you put down uh, like That's
1: four and a half gallons an acre, you know, and that's giving us, you know, so that's. We work with a company called X Spectrum for many years. Yeah, that, sure, sure. That, so we use some of their products. That's one product we do use of theirs. It's a it's an ortho based phosphorus product that um, you know, is and so, you know, we're putting um, and that, you know, so we're if if you look back, I mean, you know, you know, we'll we'll mix up here in our trucks ahead of time. We'll mix up, you know, uh, we're putting ten units of potash and since we're spreading ammonium sulfate, we'll we'll put about we're Shooting for about uh, 10 units now of sulfur because we're putting mm-hmm. ammonium sulfate on. So we're getting some units there from sulfur units there. Before that, we were, we were putting, um, we were shooting for 20 units of sulfur. But so as you can see, we're putting, a you know, we're spending some time ahead of time yep. getting the right mix. Um, and that's and, all with uh, the planner, And that's going through the planner. So yeah. we're putting, you know, 15 gallons of, of 28 and 4 of thiosol and 8 of 3912. So it's your, your, whatever. So we're putting like a 27 mm-hmm. gallon mix on, getting about 40 five, forty seven units of N and, and then your um and then we'll side dress the rest of our end or pump it through our irrigation systems where we have the irrigation sure, systems. Sure. Yeah. Um you know so, so in the fall, just to clarify, do you got
0: if you are putting something down with, uh, with the with the gladiator, how much
1: we'll put um really we'll based on a little bit of soil test, but we'll put anywhere's really for total product on between about a hundred, a hundred and Thirty total pounds of product, mm-hmm. uh, and usually that mix is about a seventy-five percent potash to twenty-five uh, percent DAP. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're really not uh, we're really not putting much product. In. We've actually, to be honest with you, we've seen <laughs> we've seen some data the last year now. We got a long ways to go on this that suggests that um, we've seen this for years mistakenly that. You know, yields aren't necessarily correlated to high, you know, high yields aren't necessarily correlated to high P and K readings or high mm-hmm. K readings. And there's such we're actually seeing some other things going on there where we're not getting that correlation, um, you know, um, even some pH readings. So we really have a long ways to go to figure this out, but we're not a um, we're not a big believer of, and that's where I go back to one of the first comments I made to you guys was, you know, I get very distraught at the fact of hearing everybody talk about, well, I... I can send my yield map to my co-op, mm-hmm. and in two hours they can send me my prescription. field my prescription uh, fertilizer. Well, number one, I don't. I don't want to say I don't trust my co-op, but I want to see that map before I don't. I'm not trusting my my supplier. I trust him. I worked with him for 25 years. Sure, but I want to. I okay at first, and I usually write my own prescriptions. I don't usually, um, mm-hmm. but I, I have no. I have no desire to let the co-op write my prescription. Okay, I will. Um, I want to look at that. I want to decide what I want to put on. And my point is all this technology, software technology is designed so we can send it off to our supplier and they can, for a fee, mm-hmm. they can turn around and sell us a service back. Mm-hmm. And and, right. and we're not just because it's okay, you took off 200 bushels per acre, 220 or 180 bushels of corn. This is how much P and K you got to put back on. Right. That is not, we don't go by that theory period. And, and we have seen that over the years Mistakenly we've proven that I sold to my supplier, I said, Look, we've seen that. You every time you, we have a problem, you wanna say, Well what's the what's the P and K readings? Well, or levels, well we wanna look at that, but that's not just because we got low K doesn't mean we got low yield mm-hmm. or vice versa. And so and there's some we gotta really wrap our arms going forward and get some more data and try to collect this stuff and do it, try to do it right. But sure. there's some real I know that goes against the old school thought to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Most sure. guys would tell me I'm I'm way off base, probably. Sure, but, but no. Whatever so So, uh, but yeah last question too just um
0: for your corn on corn acres how how many years uh have you guys
1: well we'll have we've had some fields as much as 10 10 years corn on corn you know and maybe my old school part of me will succumb to trying to mix a crop of soybeans in there um you know i mean i read a lot about how guys are just you know guys you know once you get past that three or four year period it's and we've done that, but it just seems to be good agronomic sense here. Whether it's chemistry of herbicides, whether it's whether it's um, just agronomic pest control, disease control, that we've tried to. You, generally, we're we're a two to four year corn cycle, and then okay. we then we mix some soybeans into there. You know, um, but we've had you know, I two years ago I had um, Goss's wilt on some corn under under irrigation. And corn that had been some of that had been corn for seven or eight years. Well, you know, so we've quickly managed that and hybrid management, and, and but we went to we went to soybeans on that for you know one year, and um, so we'll have to manage it that way. So there's just uh, and that's kind of resolved it. Well, we're we're in this is going to start. You know, this was in 15 we saw it. Mm. So 16 that portion went to soybeans, and then we're going to be back to corn. But it was a game changer for hybrid selection for us mm. we we never really worried about goss's will prior to that and sure. all of a sudden it changed the game of how we select hybrids here um because it's here and um so we have to manage that better and i mean we were told that tillage was going to you know help us and i said yeah you might as well put me in my grave before we <laughs> do tillage i said we're not gonna we're not gonna go chisel plow that and and so and then you know we obviously learned real fast asked lots of questions and that you know with hybrid selection and you know just other agronomic you know mm-hmm. um rotations we can you know just have to be more attentive to it right mm-hmm. we got to pick hybrids that are have good scores and and we got to be more selective of, of the hybrids we pick and and um so you know those are all things that we continue to learn and and have to adjust to but um sure. so yeah we're you know based on some of the data that i showed you here should we be growing all corn well maybe we should be you know but you know it's, there's still some some value i think to the agronomic rotational effect and, and mm-hmm. different modes of action for chemistry and and soil health and and just you know overall i think that's spreading your risk out a little bit as well you know right. i mean we've had some we've had two years of really good corn or of soybean yields as well the last two years we were we were over 70 last year over 60 the year before before mm-hmm. that we've never been over 60 before so i have the same chart for soybeans and two mm-hmm. but whatever it's it's not as it's not as interesting as corn obviously <laughs> so sure. um but whatever it's it's yeah. um, so, yeah, we try to do a two to four year cycle of corn. Okay. Is what we're trying to do. But, you know, we're doing, um, you know, from what I've learned over the years, you know, a lot of guys, you know, the corn on corn thing is, is never been a, uh, it's never been hard for us to manage here. I mean, it's, 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 it always presents a challenge, but it's, right. oh, we've always, we've never looked at it as being hard to manage. Or um, some guys just don't want nothing to do with it. You know, they, they yeah. don't want, you know, and we're dealing with, you know with with good very high residue you know you don't you get very little breakdown here in the fall i mean you know that from being you guys live in the milwaukee area right Mm -hmm. so you can imagine how cool it is right and you know last year was probably the exception but you know right we're done we're generally done harvesting middle of november here Mm -hmm. so you get very little breakdown Mm -hmm. you know we're not like 100 miles out of here where they have an extra right 15 20 days of 60 degree weather 55 to 70 degree weather we don't have that certainly here so those things you know farmers I and mean, we that makes a difference you know all those so it's a you know that presents challenges we you know we we will have um, um chopping heads we won't i won't I, I will i we've you know played with that but we run a chopping head now and mm-hmm. and i believe we we're sizing that that mm-hmm. uh, stock um some guys will tell you it's the opposite some guys tell you and you even use a chopping head you create a mat out there so now you have more of a chance to keep that ground cool or wet in the spring you know which is true but i found over the years that if once we use a choppy head we size that stack and it just seems that we can we can manage that residue better even if nothing happens we've done it in the fall um that's just what we've that seems to work better for us what we found here i mean it's we uh, we because we've tried some of both and i just like mm-hmm. planting into um into uh you know stocks that's been sized here and we you three four years ago we thought maybe the vertical till mm. boom came out we own two vertical till tools here but yeah, we thought well, maybe this will be our way to um you know maybe we'll vertical till everything instead you know so you know residue still have residue but i'll tell you what we would rather i'd rather plant behind us a, a strip um any day than behind a vertical till. A vertical sure. till tool gets us in trouble. They, mm-hmm. We go out when it's too wet and, mm-hmm. and the ground cushions aren't right. And, and um, so it's, yeah, we'd much rather plant behind a, uh, a strip of sure. where we're now with our Pluribus. This is, we've had a, we bought a Pluribus unit, uh, three years, this would be our third, two, two years ago. Uh, before that, be the we were using uh, an old Ross and cart, 16 row, uh, three coal the Ross and cart to strip our zones in the spring mm-hmm. and um, we finally without and then that's the unit that's that's helped uh, helped us for many years and um, we get um, and we just decided several years ago we had a matchup planner, and so we went you know spent the money and bought a, uh, a Bauer bar and mm-hmm. bought put four of those units on there and and we're happy we, we need to we're working with dawn we need to True. we're not perfect yet we need to make some you know we've gone to um, um, guidance with our planners and our strip tool units mm-hmm. now. So we're running, oh, stun, you know, implement guidance yeah. with our with our units now. Uh,
0: what are you guys running?
1: Uh, we good? have a um, pro tracker on That's our front, sure. and then we have um, the LaForge the oh, yeah. sure. LaForge for our planner. Okay. And that was my John Deere guy that just walked in before, so I don't know what he <laughs> needed, but uh, <laughs> he just he just gave me the thumbs up as he walked out. But, uh, <laughs> but um, we didn't really, he sold it to me and it's been okay. It's been good, but um, I was a little hesitant because I just, our zones were wide enough and we put enough nutrients on. in our zones, where we've never, you know, the theory is you need to stay right there to, to capture all your nutrients. Right. So we put so much nutrients on with our planter that I feel that we're, we maybe overcome that or we don't see that effect. But, um, but we always need to be better. And, in our, and our, um, you know, the implement guidance has helped us. We'll run it on our crawls in the fall. Um, and then we'll run it on our bar bar and our planner here. Mm-hmm. We try to run our side dress machine. We have a, a fast twenty-four row side dress machine. Sure. It didn't work with a hoot. Um, I don't know why we put the receiver over the tires, we built the bracket. I don't know, we couldn't make it work last mm-hmm. last spring or last summer to uh, we, we basically ran without it. We ran just steering the tractor and just RTKing the tractor instead. But um, you know we were kinda excited because we thought we could use it for multiple applications and get you know get more value out of it. Right. But, um, but we still are. We're using it on our on our crawls in the fall, and and um, and then our our strip two units and the spring of course planter units stuck on your planter. But right. But um, but you know you got a big investment in your corn planters, and your that's where it's all at. And we gotta always be got always. We can always do better. We can always right. be more better than we can always try to be perfect. And and um, so this gets us close to closer to where we need to be. So.
0: Thank you, Mark, for sharing your passion and adoption for building a comprehensive strip-till system on your farm. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank Totally Tubular Manufacturing for supporting this Strip-Till Farmer podcast, and I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessetermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. And if you haven't done so already, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series in iTunes or the Google Play Store to get an alert when upcoming episodes are released. And you can also keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free Strip-Till Strategies e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at StripTillFARMR and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on July 6th for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series. And be sure to visit striptailfarmer.com for continuing updates on our National Strip Tillage Conference coming up on August 3rd and 4th in Omaha, Nebraska. For Mark Schrader, Totally Tubular Manufacturing, and our entire staff here at Striptail Farmer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.